Hey, y'all, it's Bo Haig. Thank you so much for listening to this message today. If you have questions, please contact us at 580-216-6427. And we hope that God uses this message to change your life. Well, today, again, I want to continue. Actually, I want to wrap up a series on the lifestyles of the not-so-rich and famous. How many of you guys fit in that category? The not-so-rich and famous. (laughs) Well, here's the thing. We've been talking about this for the last uh, two or three weeks, and I want to say this. Let me say this before I, I, I go any further. <clears throat> First of all, thank you, thank you, thank you, and thank you. Um, I, I don't know if I say that enough. Adrian thought that was funny. Good job, Adrian. Um, he's four. But I like him um, because he laughs at my sorry jokes. But anyways, uh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Because here's the thing. You know, a lot of times uh, preachers, you know, again, we get the bad rap of talking about money. And everybody, you know, a preacher always wants everybody's money. Listen, I've never felt that. Can I just be honest with you? I've never really felt that. Um, and, And so I thank you for that. And I also thank you for giving not to me, but giving to this church giving to the Lord. Um, I don't know if you know it, you know, a few weeks ago I shared statistics about our church and how uh, the average uh, giving per week is $9 a person. Can I just tell you that it's doubled in the past three weeks? Doubled. Yeah. And again, um, so, so the first week I preached uh, about money, there was like $7,000 given and typically the average is $2,200. Um, the second week it was six thousand, and then this past week it was fifty-four thousand. So, <clears throat> and some of you guys are like, "Why do you preach on money? You know, why are you preaching four weeks on money?" Some of you guys are looking at me like, "Why four weeks?" Here's why. Can I just touch you on a little secret? God told me to. I'm just telling you. I mean, before I started this series, everything that I read, every scripture, not every, but a majority of the scriptures, the majority of the people that I talked to, the majority of the, you know, lessons that I listened to or whatever I listened to, whatever I read, told me through God, through the Holy Spirit to talk about money. Now, here's the thing. Again, it's uncomfortable sometimes, but I'm not going to apologize for talking about money because here's the truth. It's not about money that you give to me. It's about the money that you can give to the Lord. And it's about the blessing that he's going to pour on you, not just the blessing that he's going to pour on the preacher. See, I need to invite kids in here every week. They're the only ones who like this stuff. And so again, I did this because God told me to. Here's another thing. I have a friend, uh, his name's Brad White. He, he pastors a mega church. He, they probably got like 10,000 in their church. No, I'm, not, I'm not exaggerating. It's huge. It's in Florida. Met him at a conference and he challenged me. He said, Bo, if you ever preach on money, you need to preach at least four weeks. And I was like, no freaking way. It ain't happening. <laughs> One week's hard enough. And he was like, nope, preach on four weeks. And I was like, that ain't ever going to happen. And then what did God say? God said, Bo, guess what you need to do? You need to preach at least four weeks. And I was like, okay, I hate this, but I'm going to do it. And guess what? It works. And it's not just about money. You think, well, okay, preach about money all the time. I'm not going to preach about money 52 weeks out of the year. But here's the thing. Whatever I speak about that is truth from God's word works. I mean, think about it. Everything that I've shared about money is, is, is straight from God's word. Again, 
It's not my stuff. It's not because I want to get rich. It's because Jesus Christ gave his life for you. And because of what he's already given you, you ought to give. Not even what he's going to give you in the future. So here's the whole idea. The whole idea is, again, most of us are not ever going to be rich. Um, Most of us are never going to live this lifestyle of the rich and famous. But I believe that God has a lifestyle that he wants us to live. And what that lifestyle produces is full of great riches. Not just money, but other great riches. And those of you that have given, you are going to reap those blessings. And again, I'm not preaching prosperity. I'm not preaching you're going to get rich. I'm not preaching you're going to win the lottery. I'm not preaching any of that junk. I'm just preaching you're going to be rich inside. You're going to have peace when you lay your head down on your pillow at night. You're going to, you're going to have your bills paid. You're going to have your needs met. And the cool thing about God a lot of times is you will have some of your wants it's not wrong. It's not bad. It's a cool thing. I love having things. And, and that's what we're going to talk about today. Um, the first week, here's, I'm going to do a little wrap up and then I'll, I'll, I'll kick off what I'm going to talk about today. The first week we shared the overarching secret on giving, right? The secret uh, to financial freedom, the secret to uh, less stress about money, the secret to less worry about money is the secret of living a lifestyle of giving, not a lifestyle of more money. Again, it's kind of like reversed. Is that any, like an oxymoron? Is that what you call that? I'm not calling you a moron. I'm just saying <laughs> it's an oxymoron. It just doesn't make sense, right? I mean, you would think that, hey, I, if I just made more money, if that big check just comes through, if the cattle market keeps going up, if I could just sell that ranch, if I could just get this, if I just gain this, then the less stress that I'll have. It's just not true. It's in giving that we find peace. It's in giving that we find fulfillment. It's in giving that we find true wealth. That's just, I mean, it's just the truth. And, and if you've never experienced that, start giving, and you will. And I'm not just talking about to the church. Just give to people. Give, give stuff away. How do we live this lifestyle of giving? Number one, we live a lifestyle of giving to the Lord by giving to his church. The Bible has taught us that we are to tithe. And again, another churchy word just means 10% off the top of your income you give to the church. Number two is this. Living a lifestyle of giving to the Lord is a lifestyle of consistency. And again, you say, what's that mean? If you give once, God may bless you once. If you give twice, he may may bless you twice. But if you give consistently, God will consistently provide for you. Some of you guys are like, I'm a so up and down. I mean, I give once and then I bless and then I don't give and I don't have any money. I don't have anything to pay the bills with. My kids are starving. You know, all this stuff. Again, give consistently and God will give consistently to you. Number three was this. Living a lifestyle of giving to the Lord is giving to him first. He wants to be first. He deserves to be first. Um, and so that's the three things that we've talked about. Today, I'm going to wrap it up. I'm going to wrap up this series of the lifestyle of the not so rich and famous by exposing a lifestyle or more, maybe more of an attitude that a lot of people struggle with. And maybe you do too. How many guys, let me ask you this. How many of you guys would say, when I was young, I always wanted to be rich? Come on now, don't be lying in church. Some of you guys, I remember when I was a kid, and, and here's the truth. My parents, we were, we were poor. I mean, we didn't have, we grew up in, you know, 
bad part of town sometimes, and then we moved into a double wide. We scored big time. I mean, double wide. And we moved into a double wide and all that stuff. I remember my mom and dad, we used to drive around, and um, we used to drive around in the big neighborhoods. Anybody ever been to the big neighborhoods in, you know, Oklahoma City and all that stuff, Nichols Hills? I mean, we used to drive around in those big old neighborhoods, and we'd be like looking at the mansions and be like, dang. I remember thinking, dude, if I just had all this stuff, I mean, I'd, I'd be great. I mean, it would be awesome. Look at that pool. I mean, look at all that stuff. And I remember driving around. Here's the other thing my parents and I did when we were growing up, and we just, it was so funny. We used to drive into uh, car dealerships, and we used to try to test drive the fanciest car we could. Anybody ever do that? I mean, it's so fun. Try it sometime. Here's the problem. You need to drive up in something that at least shows that you have a little money. We would drive up in our minivan. My three brothers would roll out of the minivan you know, with hell damage in it. And we'd be like, hey, can we drive that 3000 GT over there? And they'd be like, heck no. We know you don't have any money, you know, because of what you're driving. So anyways, we would, I, I remember thinking that. I remember thinking, man, if I just could be rich, then, I, then I'd be satisfied. How many of you guys have ever thought this thought? If I could just be rich, then I would be generous and I would probably give half of what I made off the lottery to the church. Anybody? I've thought it. You're a liar if you didn't raise your hand. If God would just give me a million bucks, if I could just win, you know, I could just, you know, if they would just, you know, dig that well and we'd get that oil and all that stuff. I mean, if I would just get all that stuff, then I'd give half of it to the church. I promise God. I I mean, a lot of us have done that. But here's the thing. How many of you guys would say, I hunger for things. I have a hunger for things, stuff. Everybody raise your hand. Can I just get everybody to raise their hand? Even if you're just like, a liar, you know, whatever. I mean, just lie about it for me, for my sake. Here's the thing. I think that we all have some hunger for things. It may not be the things that I hunger for, but you may hunger for other things. And here's the thing. Some of us maybe struggle with this. And because of that hunger, unless you're filthy rich now, I would imagine that you still have that same desire to be rich that you had when you were a kid. Anybody? Amen? Something? You know, I, I, that's what I believe. But here's the thing. This hunger for stuff leads to a major issue in our culture today. And you know what that issue is? Materialism. Materialism. Anybody know what that word means? I, I mean, I, some of you guys may not know what that word means. Um, what is materialism? What is being materialistic? Can I just give this? Let me just say this before I de- define it. It is hard to um, label or define someone that's materialistic. Can I just tell you that? I mean, you, you, you can maybe look on the outside and go, I bet they're materialistic. They're, they may not be. And, but here's the thing. Here's what, how I would define materialism. You ready for this? Here's the definition that I wrote. It's a deep desire or an obsession, obsession with owning or having material things. And we allow this obsession to be our motive for having the things that we have. That's how I would maybe define what materialism is. And, and this uh, uh, obsession is sometimes easy to spot. I mean, think about this. Some of this may be extreme, but I'm going to say it anyways. If, if you only eat off of 18 karat gold plates and have a silver spoon, and that's the only thing you'll eat off of, you're probably materialistic. Can I get an amen? I mean, whatever. The Beverly Hillsbillies, you know, that's what I think of. You know, what about this? Some of people that are materialistic, they just buy things that they can't afford. 
You ever thought about that? Some people that are materialistic buy expensive things just because they're expensive. Anybody ever seen that? <laughs> Don't point. But <laughs> my wife would probably just point at me. Be like, hey, uh, no, no, no. But um, some people buy things that are just expensive. I mean, then you just go, why'd you buy it? It's expensive. What's the, <laughs> what's the fabric on that couch? Money. I mean, it's just, they just want to, you know, buy stuff because it's expensive. How about this? Some people that are materialistic, they park their truck or their car <laughs> away from every other car in the parking lot. Anybody ever done that? Maybe materialistic. All you materialistic people. <laughs> um, what about this? Materialistic people, here's something that, that tends to happen with materialistic people. They get angry when something happens to their stuff. Anybody ever been there? I mean, yeah. Do you get angry? Or, or what, about, what about this one? Sometimes we get anxious about our stuff. No, 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 don't touch that. No, 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 stay away from that. You know? I mean, we don't want anybody touching that. I mean, you better step off of that. I mean, don't, don't you even get near that. Um, what about this one? This one may be uh, more of an attitude. Um, some people that are materialistic, they don't give a person that doesn't drive the nice car at the time of day. Ever thought about that? I mean, again, and, and I'm not saying everybody's materialistic, but these are just some of the materialistic things that I notice. Um, some materialistic people go to extremes. You've heard it maybe on TV. Maybe you've known somebody that was so materialistic, they just stole everything, right? I mean, I've, I've seen people just steal stuff. And, and again, they're just wanting the latest and greatest pair of boots or jeans or something. And they go into you know, a store and they just steal it. Maybe they're a lie. Maybe they cheat. Maybe they go into materialistic people tend to go into unnecessary debt. I mean, think about it. And again, is all debt wrong? No, but is unnecessary debt for all your wants probably wrong? Yes, I would say yes. It's unnecessary. Um, But here's the thing. I love the Western lifestyle. You know why? Because lots of the people, most of the people are generous. Most of the people aren't so materialistic. Uh, Most of the people would give you the shirt off their back. And I love that about Woodward, Oklahoma. I love that about Northwest Oklahoma. I love that about the cowboy way. I love it about all the people that live in rural Oklahoma. And again, I'm not saying city folks aren't generous. I'm not saying they're not, you know, you know giving. I'm not saying any of that. But I believe that our style of living is simpler and sometimes easier. That's just me. Anybody with me there? I don't know. Um, but here's the thing. Uh, you say, well, I, you know, I, I, and let me just say this. I believe that while, you know, again, we have a simpler lifestyle, I believe that we can be tempted with being materialistic just like anybody else. Um, we, we just do. Uh, a cowboy or a cowgirl may be materialistic if, and some of these are joking, but you may, you say, I'm a cowboy, I'm a cowgirl, I don't have anything, you know, I'm not, I'm not materialistic. You may be materialistic, listen, cowboys, you may be materialistic if you worry more about your horse than you do about your wife. Can I get an amen? (laughs) You may be materialistic if the last pair of boots cost more than your wife's wedding ring. Did I step on anybody's toes today? Ladies, you may, if you're a cowgirl, you may be materialistic if your last horse trailer to haul that barrel horse around with costs more than your house. You just may be 
materialistic. Here's another example, and this one may be more serious. If you see somebody that may need to ride a horse, let's say you're at, the, you know, at, a, at a rodeo and, and one of the kids' horses go down and you have this horse that they could ride, but you say, heck no. My horse is too valuable. My horse ain't, you know, my stuff, I, you're not going to ride my saddle. I mean, all this stuff, all that stuff is, you know, too valuable. I'm not going to loan that out. You may be materialistic. Um, but let me be, be clear on this. Materialism is not based on how much money you have or how much you don't have. Can I just declare that? I need you to think about this. Because a lot of times I think we look at rich people and we go, they're all materialistic. Here's the truth. You can have a lot of money and not be materialistic. And here's the other side of it. You can have no money and be very materialistic. Again, the money is what's neutral. Money in and of itself is neutral. Money is a tool. Here's where it becomes wrong. When we love it, when we love and we have this obsession for things that are materialistic. Did I just roll that too far? (laughs) Materialistic. I always do that. Can I just point out stupid things that I do today? Yep, Yep, thank you. Sometimes I just say stupid things and I'm like, I'm an idiot. Why did I just say that? But here's the thing. Hebrews 13.5 says this. Keep your lives free from the what? Love. Can you guys read with me? (laughs) Anybody go to school? Anybody learn how to read? Keep your lives free from the what? The love of money and be content with what you have. Again, I can be just as materialistic and just in love with two grand as I can be in love with 200 grand. You get it? And so again, it's not just about money. Here's what materialism is, is not as well. It's not just having nice things. I mean, I've got a lot of nice things. I, I, I've been blessed with a lot of nice things. God blesses us with nice things. Listen to this because some of you guys want to be this killjoy religious jerk who says, we shouldn't own anything. No, no, don't laugh. You can't clap in church. I mean, you can't, you can't have fun. You can't enjoy all that stuff. You can't buy you a new horse. You can't buy you a new trailer. You can't buy all this stuff. Somebody goes, you're the extreme. But here's the truth. God gives us the nice things that we have for our enjoyment. Look at 1 Timothy 6, 17. Command those who are rich in this present world. And again, rich is relative. All of us are rich. If you own a car, a house, you got food, you're pretty rich compared to a lot of the country. But it says, it says, command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly, this is the part I love, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Again, some of you guys want to kill the enjoyment of life. Some of you guys want to kill a good glass of wine. Can I get an Amen. And I don't drink, but I I appreciate it in some respects. Some of you guys want to kill a good time. Some of you guys want to kill having a good time with your friends. Some of you guys want to kill having a nice truck. Some of you guys want to kill and you look at people and you go, they're materialistic. They got to buy a brand new truck. Can you just get over that? I mean, some of you guys that say that, some people that say that are just jealous. Can I just say that out loud? I mean, again, just because, you know, you don't drive one and you choose to save your money and spend your money on whatever else you spend your money on doesn't make you any better than somebody that spends their money on stuff that you can see. You see the difference? 
I mean, you see, it's the, it, it's, it's the same thing. And so materialism not, is not just having things. Being materialistic, listen to this, this is a key point. Being materialistic is a mindset. It's, a, it's more than, you know, it's more about what has more to do with our perspective of the things that we own and our motive for having them than just having money or nice things. And so here's the thing, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to be done here in a minute. <clears throat> when we struggle with a temptation like materialism, where are we to go to find the answers to that temptation? Where are we to go? We're to go to God. Where do we go to find the answers to how to handle the materialism that tempts us every day? We are to go to God and we are to go to his word because his word has the answers to every question in life. And so here's number one, if you're taking notes, number one, how do we keep from becoming materialistic? How do we get out of materialism? Number one is this, we must realize that materialism is a sin. I love talking about sin. You know why? Because a lot of preachers are scared to talk about sin. <laughs> That's why I love it. If other preachers are scared to talk about it, I'm probably going to talk about it. Just get ready, okay? Here's the thing. I think a lot of preachers are tar- scared to talk about sin because they're afraid people won't come back. Listen, materialism is a sin. You say, what is a sin? A sin is anything that it goes against God and it goes against God's word. And it, and, it, and it divides us from the fellowship that we have with God. If I have sin in my life, then it's keeping me out of fellowship with God. You ask, why does my prayers not be answered? Why, why do my prayers not you know, get answered? Why do God not bless me? Why does he do this? It's because some of us have sin in our lives that keeps us from receiving the blessings of God. And materialism is one of them. So materialism is a sin. Look at Exodus 23. God's talking. He says, you shall have no other gods before me. And you say, I don't like God. <laughs> why is the God so prideful? I mean, why is God, you know, demanding? Why is he so this? Listen, he's God. He's God. He can be as demanding as he wants to be because he's the creator of the world. And not because he's this religious killjoy, but because he loves us and he knows what's best for us, that he says, you shall have no other gods before me. And listen to this. When we put things or something ahead of God, guess what it becomes? A God, a little G God, a little idol in our lives that we begin to worship. And he says, we are commanded not to put anything before God. When you put something before God, it becomes your master and your God and your idol. And, and Jesus even says in Luke chapter 16, verse 13, listen to what he says. He says, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You can't serve both God and money. You can't do it. And so here's the thing. We must never allow money or material things to become our master. This whole idea of, I want more, more, more. I want more, more, more. How do I know if it's ahead of God? Here's, the, here's how I know. It controls my mind. All I think about is, dude, I better go buy that new shirt. I better go buy that new, you know, that new trailer. I better go buy that, you know, new jewelry. I better go buy all that new stuff. I, I gotta go. I gotta go get some more. I gotta get that. I gotta work for that. I gotta do all that stuff. I gotta get more, more, more. It controls our mind. It controls our happiness. And again, maybe this is where I'm at. 
Can I just share a little confession? I, I love buying things. Anybody, anybody admit that? I love it. And my wife, I love her, but she is becoming more and more like me and it scares me. <laughs> my wife, when we first met, she was a little squeaky. <laughs> and now she's learned to spend a little money and guess what I become? A little squeaky. <laughs> I'm like, holy crap, my wife's spending money. But here's what I love about it. I love that she spends money. She deserves everything that she gets. <laughs> so, I, mean, so you know, I always have to throw that in after I, you know, so, say something about my wife. But here's the thing. <clears throat> Our desire for things, the things of God, listen, should be more and should master us more than the things of this world. We should be controlled by the Holy Spirit, not the things of this world. And so here's the question. Does God control your mind? Does God, is he the one that controls your happiness? Is he the one that controls your fulfillment? Or are you sad when you lose that favorite thing that, that either burns up, you know, you get something on it, it gets, you know, dinged or whatever it is. Does that control you? Does that make you happy or not happy? Again, our desire for God should far outweigh our desire for the things of this world. When this isn't true, we are sinning. Number two, our motive for owning things should be to glorify God and to be used for the good of others. Can I say this again? You say, Bo, how do I get past materialism? How do I keep from becoming materialistic? Listen, our motive for owning things, listen, our motive for owning things should be to glorify God and to be used for the good of others. Look at John or 1 John 3, 16 through 18. It says this, this is how we know what, what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and our sisters. Verse 17, if anyone has material possessions, listen, if anyone has material possessions and sees his brother or sister in need, but has no pity on him, how can the love of God be in that person? Dear children, let us love with not just words or speech, not with just preaching and singing songs, but let us love with our actions and in truth. You know what the, this verse is saying? The killer of materialism is generosity. The killer of materialism is giving. It's in giving stuff away. It's in living a lifestyle of giving. And can I just say, again, I'll just use myself as an example because I don't want to pick on anybody here, even though I could. <clears throat> I have nice things. I love nice things. I, I have the mentality and this, I have rich taste. Anybody got rich taste? Oh, it's a curse. It is. I, I have rich taste. And so when I see something, I'm thinking, I want the best. I'm not just going to settle. So I want the best. And, and, and I have nice things. I got nice horses. I got a nice truck. I got a nice house. I got a nice barn. I got a nice welder. I got a, I got a nice saddle. I got all this nice stuff. And here's the thing. Here's where I get tempted. Again, I want to be tempted to say, let's just uh, keep that away from the kids. <laughs> let's just not, no, you can't come over and ride that horse. No, you can ride that one because that one only costs 1500 This one costs, you know, whatever. You know, and again, we, we just want to categorize what, what, what people can touch. 
and I have all these nice things. So here's what I have to do to keep from becoming materialistic. Here's what I have to do. I have to pray and I have to say, God, use everything that I have for your glory. Use that black horse over there. Use that brown horse over there. Use that welder. Use my truck. Use everything that I have. Use the shirt that I have on my back. Use the house that you've given me. Use everything that I have to, for your glory and for the good of others. I mean, again, you say, why would I want to do that? I mean, these people don't deserve it. They're just a bunch of jerks. Why would I give it away to them? They don't work. They don't do none of this. And again, I'm not saying you should give to everybody that begs for a dollar. I'm not saying that. But there are people that are in legitimate need that you can help, that I can help. And God, here's a lot of times, here's what, here's what we do. And I'm, I'll accuse myself of this. We give them our seconds. Anybody ever been there? I see heads shaking. I remember one time this guy, he was sitting on the side of the road and he was freezing. I mean, it was freezing outside. And I had an old pair of gloves and I had a new pair of gloves. And guess which one I wanted to give him? An old pair of gloves. And guess what God said? Give him the new pair. You say, well, that's dumb. I mean, that's no big deal. No, it is. It is. You know what God gave me after that? He gave me 17 other pairs of gloves that I could have. I mean, think about it. I mean, I've had 45 other pairs of gloves after that. And then you say, that's so little. It is little, but God blesses the little things, not just the big check. I'm going to write a $50,000 check. God's going to bless me. No, give away a pair of gloves and see what God does. I mean, it's seriously. And, and so again, that's where I struggle. And the earlier example, again, maybe somebody's horse goes down in, in a rodeo, and you've got this nice horse. I've got great friends that, that, uh, that do this, and, and I, I love it. I, I've seen kids in junior rodeo, they make it to certain finals or whatever, their horse goes down, and I've seen people step up and say, you can ride my horse. Their horses, guess what? They're worth $40,000 probably a piece, and they're letting this kid succeed in the rodeo because they're generous enough to say, you can ride mine. I love that. I love it. And so again, we, we, we have to understand that materialism is a sin and our motive should be to glorify God and for the good of others. Here's number three. <clears throat> this is important. Our relationship with Christ, it should be what defines us, not what we own. Again, maybe, maybe you don't struggle with this, but, but I think a lot of times we go, hey, look at what I own. I mean, I'm driving a brand new Dodge pickup. And we're like, I am the man. I have this, yeah, how you doing? <laughs> you know, and we're like, dang, I look good. And we try to define ourselves on what we wear or what we own or how big of a horse, you know, or how powerful a horse or whatever. We try to define ourselves. First Timothy 6, 17 says, don't put your hope in your wealth, but put your hope in God, right? And, and again, uh, my kids, they understand what, uh, like we did, they understand what wealth is and they understand who's rich and they understand who's not so rich. <laughs> they understand that we're not so rich. Um, when I say give to the church because, you know, hungry kids will be fed, they're my kids. <laughs> not kids overseas, they're mine. Um, but, but here's the thing. My kids understand what rich is. They understand what, you know, what, uh, you know, poor is when, and when they drive around, we went to Nichols Hills the other day, we were killing time. We had somewhere to be, but we had an hour to kill. We went to Nichols Hills and we're looking at all these houses and my kids are looking around like, daddy, why don't you build us a house that big? And I'm like, I'll wait till you become a doctor and then you can buy that house for me. 
I mean, you know, and so again, my kids understand that, but here's something else that I have to speak into my li- the life of my kids. I have to d- tell them and remind them that none of this stuff makes you more important to God. That's the key. <clears throat> Listen, materialistic things should not be what define us, but only God. Um, sadly, materialistic people, they find their worth. They try to find their worth in things of this world. And you say, well, okay, what are we supposed to do? Where are we supposed to find it? Again, we're supposed to find it in Jesus. You, You say, you know, why should I find it in Jesus? Because he created you. I mean, Psalm 139, 14, I praise you, Jesus, because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful, and I know that full well. You say, why, how should I find my worth in Jesus? Because he's created you. And you say, well, how else am I supposed to find my worth in Jesus? Here's, the, here's why. Because he sacrificed his life for you. I mean, again, you think, what am I worth? I mean, my wife treats me like a jerk. My husband treats me like a jerk. My kids don't respect me. My, my mom and dad don't, you know, treat me like I think they should. Listen, God thinks you're worth something. And he's the one who you should care about. Not the people of this world. And so again, we have to, again, allow God to be the person that we're here to please and and know that he is the one that defines us. And here's the last one and I'm done. Ready? Number four is this. We should sacrifice more. Listen, we should sacrifice more for the things of God than the things of this world. Matthew 6, 19 through 21, it says this, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But listen to this, but store up for yourselves treasures in where? Heaven, where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Listen, We are to sacrifice more things for the things of God than for the things of this world. I sent a text to a few of my buddies and I said, define for me what materialistic is to you. And here's what one of them replied. I want to to read it to you. Uh, Again, he says, I will personally sacrifice a lot to get stuff, but sometimes I allow it to affect the amount I can give to both my family and to the one person who has given it all to me, which is Jesus. Here's the truth. Because Adam sinned in the garden, guess what we have to do as men? We have to work, right? By the sweat of our brow. I mean, you, you think back to the Adam and Eve in the garden, guess what? It was perfect. Adam and Eve sinned, guess what? God says, I'm gonna curse you by, you're gonna have to work the land by the sweat of your brow. And the women, you're gonna experience birthing pains when you give birth. Those are the curses that he put on us because of the sin that man committed. And so you think, well, what's up? Why do you bring that up? Here's the thing. I am going to have to work for the rest of my life 
but I want to work in a way that brings glory to God, and, and I want to work in a way that allows me to realize that I am working not for these men. I'm not working for you. I'm not working for the almighty dollar. I'm not working for all the stuff. I'm working to bring glory to God. That's why we should work. And you say, well, okay, Bo, I mean, what, what are you talking about? Again, most of the things that we buy with our money are temporary. Look at John 6, 27. It says, do not work for the food that spoils, but work for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him, God the Father has placed his seal of approval. Listen, it says, don't just work for the food that spoils, Work for the food that it lasts for eternity. And so again, don't just sacrifice your time, your sweat, your energy for the things that won't last. Work for the things that will last for eternity. Work for the things that will last for eternity. I remember the, 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 the you remember this phrase in the movie Eight Seconds when Elsie Frost looks at Lane and she, what does she say? You see all this stuff? See all these buckles? These are all your dad's championship buckles. Guess what's, guess what's what I see? I see dust. And then she turns to her her son, Lane Frost, and she turns to him and she says, hold on to the things that last. Listen, there's a lot of truth in that. A lot of us are holding on to the things that aren't gonna last. (laughs) We're like, go to death grip on these things. And we're like, God, this is awesome. God, I'm gonna carry this to heaven. I'm gonna carry this. I'm gonna take this. Again, I've never seen a U-Haul behind a hearse. I've never seen it. And so again, you say, well, Bo, why, what, what do you tell me to do? Quit my job and just start living like a hermit and give everything away? No. Work your job, but work it in a way that's going to produce something that's eternal. I mean, focus in on the things that are eternal, like love, serving others, giving to those who are in need, serving this church sharing the good news about Jesus with someone so that they can end up in heaven, not in hell. I mean, that's the type of stuff that's going to last for eternity. But again, we, we want to focus in on the things of this world more than the things of eternity. And so here's the point, and I'm closing. It's not wrong to want more out of life. It's not wrong to work for a better life. What makes it wrong is when we pursue stuff more than we pursue God. And so here's the thing. If you want to live a lifestyle that God wants you to live, we must keep the material things in our lives in the right place. And we need to keep God number one. It's the bottom line. I want you to bow your head and close your eyes for just a second. How many of you guys, and again, we don't, we don't bring anybody to the front. We don't introduce people. We don't point people out. But no, nobody's looking around. Everybody's heads bowed or eyes are closed. But how many of you guys would say, you know what, Bo? I struggle, and I, I am often tempted to be materialistic. How many of you guys would raise your hand and say that? Anybody? Yeah, all over the room. Again, I, I think, again, this isn't just a big city idea. This is an every person idea. It's an every person issue. And so again, maybe, maybe, what about this question? Do you pursue the possessions of this world more than you pursue God? Think about it. 
Some of you kids that are in here, some of you teenagers that are in here, you're thinking, man, if I could just make a million bucks, if I just get that big job, if I just go to college, I get all this stuff. Well, again, get the big job, make the million dollars, but keep it in the right perspective. That's the key. Let me ask you this question. What does your time and your wallet say about your pursuits? Does your time say that you love God and yet you give him everything that you have and everything that you've been given, you know, you're thankful for? Or does your time say, God, I'm, I'm, it's about me. <laughs> it's about what I can get. It's about what, I, how, what makes me happy. It's about what, you know, I can do. What, you know, it's God, what, what about him? Yeah, what about him? 1 Timothy 6, 7 says this, for you brought nothing into the world and you can take nothing out. <laughs> As Christians, we ought to lead the way in not being materialistic. Again, should we allow God to bless us and should we enjoy the things that he's given us? Absolutely. But we should lead the way in not being materialistic because we have been satisfied by God. Some of you are here today and maybe you're here And you're trying to fill your life with things of this world. You're trying to find your worth in a relationship. You're trying to find your worth in something else besides God. Can I just let you in on a little secret? Nothing outside of a relationship with Jesus Christ will ever fulfill you eternally. You say, but I I got all kinds of things that fulfill me. They're temporary. And so maybe you're here today and you need to put your worth and and realize that your worth is found in surrendering your life to Jesus Christ. Luke 9.25 says this, and what if you benefit or what do you benefit if you gain the whole world, but you yourself are lost and destroyed? Again, what's the benefit of gaining the whole world if if we don't make it to heaven, if we don't accept Christ? And so maybe you're here today and you are that person. You're, you're, you're here today and you're thinking, man, I don't know Jesus. I, I'm not giving him my life. I'm not surrendering my life. I've not found my worth in him. Listen, you can do that today. Jesus Christ came to this earth and he died on a cross so that you can have eternal life. It's a gift. You don't have to pay for it. You can't pay for it. You can't make enough money to pay for it. It is a free gift that he offers to you and you can accept the gift today of salvation. And you say, what is that word? I mean, I don't understand these Christian words that you keep throwing around. Again, salvation is when you say, I'm giving up my sin. I'm I'm confessing it to you, Lord. I want you to forgive me of my sin and I want you to come into my life and save me from my destination of hell and give me eternal life in heaven. Listen, Jesus wants to do that. And so maybe right now you just need to, in your seat, you just need to pray a prayer to yourself in your heart to say, you know what, Lord, I want to give my life to you. I want to surrender my life. I I want you to save me from my sin because I have been pursuing the world and trying to find my thing, my my satisfaction in, you know, wealth or relationships or all this stuff. And I, I, I realize today that my worth is only found in you. And I confess my sin. I ask you to come into my life. I ask you to save me. And I thank you for that relationship that you have given me. Maybe you just need to pray that right where you're at.
Listen, if you just prayed that prayer, maybe if you just prayed it for the first time, we want to know about it. Here's why. It's not to say, you know, again, we we've keep numbers or all that stuff. Listen, it's so that we can come alongside of you and help you walk in your new relationship with Jesus Christ so that when you're tempted, we can be there to help so that when you're, you know, dealing with some crud, we can be there to help. We can show you in the scripture. We can give you a Bible. We can, you know, help come alongside of you to give you the hope that you need when the world comes up against you. And so if you just prayed that prayer and accepted Christ into your life, we want to know about it. And here's how we do it. If you'll fill out the white card, the orange card, place it in the yellow bucket, we will contact you about your decision. Or maybe you need to just, you know, text your name to the number that'll be on the screen at the end of the service. You don't have to text what, you know, you want to talk about. Just text your name to the number that's going to be on the screen and we will contact you and we will, we will figure out what your decision was. It's that easy. It's that simple. So don't leave without, without letting somebody know about your decision. Let's pray together. Lord, we come to you and we thank you. We thank you for that you, have, that you have given us life, Lord. And that the things of this world, you have given us those things so that we can enjoy them, but we're not to put our worth in the things of this world. And so, Lord, thank you for how you've blessed us. Thank you for the stuff that you've given us. But may we always use it to bring glory to you and for the good of others. Keep us from being materialistic and help us to live a life that honors you and we will give you the glory. It's in your holy name I pray. Amen. Thank you again for listening to this message, and we hope to see you every Sunday at the Woodward Livestock Auction at 1030.